That's dope. Yeah, I know. I had to find it out. I think it's like you got like the certain membership and shit. You know how that shit be. Right. Yeah, got to build it up. Yeah. Welcome back to PolPolitikin.com. You're home for self-help meets hip-hop. Right now we're live on YouTube. Check us out on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. One, two, one, two, and place to be with Ross Ceylon. How you doing? Yo, salute, bless, bless. Feeling good. I see you, Sherry. I see you. Uh, yeah, man. Long live Chairman Fred, you know? What, what is, what's the quote on there? Uh, you can kill a revolutionary, but you can't kill a rev- the revolution. Hmm, that's what's up. Yeah. One of Chairman's famous quotes, you know? I was going to ask you about, so I want you to talk about your name because I was reading that the last name actually means something else. And that's actually, I don't even know how to say it. So you got to tell me how to say the other name. <laughs> you said it. You said it perfect. That was good. Both people. No, but it, it means something else, though. It means like uh, Surrey Lankin or something. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so Ceylon was the name of the island of Sri Lanka, which is where my peoples come from. Um, when it was colonized and occupied by the uh, by the European imp- imperialists, uh, specifically the British colonizers, they called my island uh, Ceylon, right? And so with kind of the the Ross, we put the Ross in front of it to to kind of decolonize it. You know what I mean? Because with Rastafari being kind of a, a de- decolonial spiritual movement that I've been you know a part of since I was a, a teenager, um, you know. Basically, that's that's the that's the concept to decolonize my island or Ross Sea Line. So it's kind of a mission statement as well as a handle. Yes, yeah, so I was going back, man. I was looking on your YouTube. I went to your first video and I saw you always been been spitting the knowledge in your videos. Yeah, man, long time, man. Um, I'm thankful. I come from a a long line and a, and a crew of of spitters that that you know conscious spitters coming from the kind of um, West Coast underground hip hop uh, uh, scene, you know what I'm saying? Movement has been since like the mid nineties. That's when I came up, you know what I'm saying? Put out my first record in 99, um, you know, and uh, I've been going from there, you know what I mean? Yeah, how did you, what, what brought you to hip hop in, in the first place? Man, I, you know, like many of us, man, I say hip hop saved my life, you know what I'm saying? As, as a young man growing up, um, you know, in Southern California, it, was, it wasn't it was a lot of positive outlets for us, you know what I mean? And uh, I had, a, you know, a certain infatuation with the street life and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, man, it was just, but always uh, being a practitioner of the culture, like even as a youngster trying to like b-boy, break dance or whatnot, then get a little older, try my hand at, at, at graffiti art. Um, by about uh, by about junior high, I had founded a, uh, a DJ crew. Uh, but I, you know, so we used to do like house parties and stuff like that, open mics or whatever, but I never had enough money for my own turntables. So what ended up happening in our four-man crew, I ended up being the guy on the mic a lot, right? And I used to write poetry when I was a kid and essentially just turned, you know, poetry to freestyles, to writing rhymes and, you know, hosting um, hosting parties, battling MCs. Like, basically, if you wanted to get on the mic, you had to go through me at those house parties. So, you know, the mid-90s, man, it was like a lot of battling, you know what I mean? Um, but again, like to my earlier point, that was a very much a, a positive outlet, you know what I mean? Because there wasn't a lot outside of this little kind of oasis of, of hip-hop culture, uh, there wasn't much that was productive for us, you know what I mean, in terms of in terms of in the streets or in the schools. We were kind of um, alienated, isolated from a lot of people, but in, within the hip-hop community is where where we kind of found a, a safe space to, to express ourselves in, in a positive way, you know what I mean? 
Say so, so you was you was like um play on kid and play. You say you say they had to come through you first before you <laughs> a little something. Yeah, the battle sub. you to get the mic. Can you a little sub, man. A little sub, you know what I'm saying? And uh it's interesting because you know, I don't really have that 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 battle rapper um, you know, uh kind of style no more, but that's definitely my foundation, you know what I'm saying? And then you from um, where you at right now? So I'm right here in the Bay Area. Okay. Um, so I've, I've been in Oakland, California, uh, a little over 20 years, uh, but I grew up in, in SoCal. You know what I mean? L.A. Right south of L.A., uh, Santa Ana, Orange County area. Uh, but yeah, I live so in I'm, I'm Bay to L.A. You know what I'm saying? I live in San Diego County right now. Oh well, okay. That's what's yeah. up. Um, by the base, Oceanside. Yeah, yeah. I know Oceanside. I got some people from Oceanside, man. All right. That's what's up. So. Um, who were some of the MCs like say before you uh like say before you became you know really out there with the MC and who, who were some yeah. MCs you kind of like you know studied they I guess look up to and studied and kind of so. took some from you know added your own style yeah yeah, yeah. early on um, I even had a line where I said uh, Chuck D instruct me to think politically right because back in like third fourth grade I remember being in my friend's house and his older brother was playing something. Something out of his room. I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? And then I, or can I curse on here? I don't know if I curse. Yeah, yeah, All, you right. Did that. All right, for sure. Uh, but I was like, yo, what the fuck is that? And then I came in and he was bumping, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. You know what I'm saying? Public Enemy's second album. And I remember being like, just being, my mind was blown about like the, the, the audio, the sound, the lyrics, everything. And so Chuck D was one of my really early influences. And also, honestly, Easy E. You know what I'm saying? NWA, like I love Public Enemy. NWA was like my favorite shit in like elementary school. As I started getting a little older, um, Tupac was my hero, man. Tupac Shakur, that was like, you know, when he was alive, like I really, you know, I thought I was like a Sri Lankan Tupac. You know what I'm saying? I had a bald head, gold chains, all that. I really. You had a nose ring? Yeah, I didn't have the nose ring. Though, oh, you know so you was Tupac without the nose ring? Basically, basically. Uh, but, you know, Pac was my hero, man. And so when he was assassinated, I was about 16 years old, and that was a very, uh, man, that was impactful for me because I really was, you know, we was banging on some West Side and, like, just riding with him, you know what I'm saying? And so kind of seeing um, how he ended up really had me kind of thinking twice about, you know what I'm saying, just the whole idea of, of, of you know, kind of that, 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 that sort of thug life mentality, you know what I'm saying? Although we know, you know, he diagnosed thug life to, to have a deeper meaning than what's out there, but, you know, it was after, you know, so those are like the three, I would say, Pac, Easy, um, Chuck D, the, the early ones, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, the thing I like about uh, Chuck D the most, and I was like, I was like little when I had heard that line, but I still remember it when he was like on self-destruction, he was like, I never had to run from the Ku Klux Klan, I shouldn't have to run from white men. Right. It was like, shit, right. I was like. I was little heard that shit, but I was like, that shit like just took it. Like, I never forgot that damn line. Right. Ever. <laughs> I think that was Big Daddy Kane that said that actually. I oh, could be I, wrong. I think that was Kane on self destruction. I could be wrong. Though. I could be wrong. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, whoever shit. Well, he was. Yeah, that shit was that. That shit was hard. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, also, Rakim. I gotta say, like you know, um, Rakim was also. I like. I really liked a lot of East Coast shit, even though I was out here in Cali. Uh, Rakim was huge, man. Just hearing hear his voice and his flow was so crazy to me. And then even as I became, started developing my own styles as MC, I remember Guru from Gangstar had that song, It's Mostly the Voice. And I took that very seriously. I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to be an MC, I need to work on my, my rap voice and make sure that that's unique, original, and tight. And so, yeah, it's definitely, definitely thankful. And then obviously my crew, 
all my crew are all older than me. You know what I'm saying? They're all about five, seven years older. And those dudes were definitely, definitely early influences because, like I said, around the time, 96, 97, like after Pac was killed is when I kind of linked with my brethren. And they were all Rastafarians mostly and um, also just ill MCs. And so they kind of took me under their wing. So I learned a lot um, with them and stuff. Yeah, I would say, and you were talking about 96, 97. So what's so important about 1999? Right. So, yeah, the reason why I dropped, you know, my new single. Like I did that? Huh? Like I did that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good segue. Good segue. Yeah, man. So, like, uh, 99 was when I put out my first record, right, or my first album, which was a cassette tape. You know what I mean? It was a, it was a cassette tape printed up myself. I had a red red cassette tape kind of inspired by, you know, Raekwon. That's the other thing. I was big hieroglyphics, Wu-Tang. Those are some of my, you know, brothers that, that I was inspired by, living legends. Um, so we were part of that kind of West Coast underground uh, scene where, you know, we basically print up our own shit and then we do what we call dirt hustling. We basically stand in front of the store, sell our shit, have it on headphones, battle cats, whatever. And so 99 was when I released my first album. It's also when I first moved to the Bay. And uh, later on, it comes to find out that, you know, that that first album, that tape, is considered like the first rap album by a Sri Lankan. You know what I mean? So um, so I kind of wanted to celebrate that. And also with the some of the things that are going on right now in Sri Lanka with the, uh, you know, with the political changes that are happening, uh, whereas, you know, the, the president, the present government that was in power, they were kicked out by the people. But that same government had actually banned my music from commercial radio in Sri Lanka and kind of you know, kind of had put a little target on me, you know what I'm saying, when I was living out there about 10 years ago. So uh, it was really to kind of commemorate all that, like the victory of the Sri Lankan people, um, the fact that I put out my first joint that year, moved to the Bay that year. So it was really a pivotal year for me, 99, you know? So they do they have like, like just like regular rap and hip hop out there? A little bit. Now they do. Back then they didn't, you know what I'm saying? Back then they didn't, but now they definitely do. It's way more... Uh, proliferated in, in the different languages that they speak out there, different styles and stuff. So they got yeah, trap out there and shit. It, they got everything, bro. It, it's crazy. They got everything. You know what I mean? Which is uh, it's pretty interesting to see because even 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't even like that. So we definitely see kind of the 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 growth and development of of, of hip hop globally. You know what I mean? And then what was you saying? You were saying like you just said something. You kind of said it fast, but you said. They was after you or something because you dropped the music? Yeah, man. Oh, excuse my cat, man. He was, you know, got, this, this is their house. I just live here. I know. Man. I see he's there. Damn. He said, excuse you. Right. <laughs> all over, man. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> give no fucks. But um, yeah, man. So in 2012, I was living in Sri Lanka because there was a civil war there uh, from 83 to 2009. So my whole life visiting that, that place, it was always a civil war. So it was pretty intense. Uh, but then I went there after the war was over to kind of help out, help rebuild the, 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 you know, the island was doing some reconciliation work with the two sides of the, of the, of the faction, of the factions that were fighting. Um, and then so I made a song, which was like a peace anthem. It was like a post-war peace anthem. It was called Heal Lanka. And it was getting really popular. It was, you know, playing on the radio. And I was getting a lot of attention. And then when I came back to America, uh, my people was out there. They, they sent me this letter that they got basically from the government saying that, they can no longer play my song on the radio due to the political climate, yada, yada, yada. And later on, they, they raided the video um, video production team where they we had shot a video for it with like a major movie production team. And they raided them, stole the footage from the, uh, from the, from the video. And so they stopped all that shit from coming out. 
And so, yeah, man. So that that government had been in power from then, 2012, until literally like a couple weeks ago. Mm. So, that, so now it's finally safe for me to go back. So I do plan to return uh, pretty soon now. Um, try to go see my, you know, my grandfather's out there. He's 101 years old. So really want to go see him and some other fam and stuff. You know what I mean? And then what was the Civil War about? The Civil War is, you know, class classic uh, post-colonial struggle, man, where, like, you know, when, when the colonizers, when they did their thing, man, during those 500 years, man, what they did oftentimes is they would take the the minority group in a, in a country or in, a, or in a space and make them have the elite status, right? So then when, when they leave, when the colonizers bounce, now this now what you have happened and this happens all over the place where now you have the majority group they want to reclaim their power because during colonial times they were made to be less than right and so now what they do is they become the oppressors they pretty much take the take the take the whip you know what i'm saying um you know from them and uh so that's what happened in sri lanka so the minority group started getting very very repressed um after independence so-called independence and they formed a rebel army called the Tamil Tigers. And the Tamil Tigers was no joke, man. They was doing, they were some of the first people doing all kinds of crazy uh, suicide bombings, tactics like that. And so it was it was an intense war. And then what they wanted to do is they wanted to carve out a piece of the island for themselves because they felt like the government wasn't, you know, treating the people right. And so it lasted again, like I said, 83 to 2009. So it was, it was a long, intense struggle, you know. Well, I know one time you, you just said it ended like a couple of weeks ago. So what ended a couple of weeks ago? So, yeah, a couple of weeks ago is um, so they've been having about three, three months straight of protests out there because the economy is in a terrible situation. Right now, there's there's like a food, uh, gas, medicine uh, a shortage uh, to the point where people are dying in line trying to get gas. It's crazy. And a lot of this is because of the mismanagement from that present government. So what they did is they had about three months of protests. Um, you know, demanding that the government uh, step down, the president and his brother stepped down, who was a prime minister, and they just successfully did that. In fact, you can look it up. Um, you know, it was pretty amazing, man. About 100,000 people rushed the president's uh, palace and basically got into his house and was swimming in his pools, like doing, doing, a, doing the fool, you know what I mean? And uh, so, yeah, so now that present government is out of power. But these, that's the same government that won the Civil War. So their whole thing was like they felt like they was untouchable because they ended this war um, that no one thought would be over. But, you know, they, they were not, you know, Sri Lanka's had terrible politicians, man, since since 1948. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, the situation is still pretty rough, even though we got rid of the, the tyrannical regime. Um, the economic situation is still very, very crucial out there. You know, you said dying in, dying in line to get gas. Yeah, man, it's serious. It's serious. It's like literally a humanitarian crisis right there. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. And not a lot of people talk about it. I just did an interview uh, the other day on the radio out here. And like, not a lot, you know, not a lot of people know about it or talk about it, but it's, it's 20, it's 22 million people on the island. So it's not a, it's not that small of a place. Right. But um, at the same time, it's not on people's radars very much, which is also part of the reason why I, you know, even early on chose the name that reflects kind of my heritage because I always wanted to, to just make it be known that I'm representing for my peoples, even though I don't live there. I was born and raised in Cali. Um, it's still, you know, in my heart. You know what I mean? All right. We were about to go into that 1999 video. All right. Shout out MC Pros on the videography. 
the life Meaning what you leave on earth is how you define I'll be damned if history don't record mines I've been in books so my story's not that hard to find Might I remind what's happened since 1999 DEA raided my label, wasn't shit to find I took it overseas, still stayed on the grind My island made infamous because of war crimes I spoke for healing and unity, then they banned me Music got repressed, no stress, I keep a plan B My brain stay on smash mode Incredible Hulk Don't insult originals with no imitators Keep it a buck and trust I've always been an innovator More than an entertainer Full-time educator Chosen one like Anakin Ended up Darth Vader You don't know who I am If you don't know where I've been Range, you know what I'm saying? But it's all love. Hey, I got, I was like, you probably be singing for real, huh? Nah, not me, bro. What's crazy is I'll be honest with you. I was in the lab and literally I wrote that hook for someone else to come sing it. But when I was in the studio recording the song, 
the engineer, and shout out to my man Prodigal Son from Sons of Man. He was in the studio with me, and he was they was just like, yo, man, do that shit yourself. Like, it sounds good, man. Do that shit. And I was like, what? All right, so let me try it. And then, you know, it came out how it came out. You know what I mean? And so I never, I'm not a singer at all. You know what I'm saying? I, I might croon a little bit. You know what I mean? I know my, but I'm starting to figure out a different range for myself, like where I, I can do more than just rhyme, rap. You know what I'm saying? Then what was that part where you was talking about DEA? Oh, yeah. That's actually, that was on Worldstar, man. Uh, mm. Back then, in 2008. Um, yeah, man, the DEA rated my label at the time, Throwback Records uh, in Santa Ana. Um, yeah, man, they, they came through, man, they, they fucked our shit up. You know what I'm saying? They basically like, you can look at the whole video. It's actually on my YouTube page too. It used to be on world star. I'm not sure if it still is, but, um, yeah, you saw, you saw the footage where basically they, you know, they ruined our entire studio, um, our warehouse. Um, and you know, because it was a bunch of black, brown and black dudes in orange County in and out of this spot, you know what I'm saying? Making, making music and making moves. Um, and, you know, some of my brothers, man, had been involved in the street life as well. So there might have been some ties with that. But, yeah, man, that pretty much it sucked because I had just dropped the video Better Be Ready with uh, with Stickman from Dead Prez. We dropped that video. And then a week later, the DEA raids the label. And then, you know, basically that kind of killed the momentum of the label. So by the time my album came out, my only album that's been released on a label, which is a uh, uh, scientific nonfiction, the label was was defunct pretty much at that point. So. Yeah, I've been through a lot of shit, man, in terms of, like, repression or, like, you know what I mean, um, resistance to my music. Even though I am an underground cat with not, you know, not a lot of people know who I am or whatever, the state and the, the powers that be know who the fuck we are. And that's one thing that's been very clear, you know what I mean? I'm saying, what's the name of that video? You said, you said it's on your YouTube page? Yeah, it's called, uh, if you look up Rasilan The Damage. Um, okay, I see it. Yeah. We can watch it right now. We got time. Yeah, it's not long. It's not long. Let's check it out. It's 1999. <laughs> there she go. <laughs> I like that. That's the, I like the singing one. I, I like the whole part, but I like that singing. Hey, hey, I'm not mad, man. Shoot. If, if I can make a hook that you, folks remember, that's beautiful. You know. Yeah, right here. It's perfect. Throwback Records headquarters. Throwback Rex. You know what I'm saying? You can try to put the Rex and throwback, yeah. man. You know what I'm saying? Pig gonna fuck this up, man. Out here doing legal business, man. Illegal business control America, right? We do legal business and they still try to control us, man. You see that? We gonna get it though. They can't stop us. We do what we want, man. It's throwback, man. Get out some real shit. Pigs wanna bust it in your shit, homie. You got locks on your doors, homie? It's nothing. They got sledgehammers for that. Bitch ass archives. They can go home and jack off to our pictures and shit. This is it, man. This is, this is how they corrupt a uh, tight organization, man. 
We had all this shit organized, man. Throwback records. You don't see nothing like this in Santa Ana in Orange County. You know what I'm saying? There ain't no label doing it like us. Straight independent. And the pigs fucking with us, dog. Why? Because we're about that real shit, homie. Because we tell people better be ready. We say revolutions in the mind because we say Hudlin West from almost nothing, homie. They don't want to see the people rise up, homie. So fuck them, you know what I mean? They ain't going to stop us, though. We do what we want. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's the results, man. Y'all gonna see this back up though. You're gonna see it soon enough, alright? So fuck you to the pigs and more power to the people. The guns, the drugs, where did those come from? You know they flooded in the hood, now the damage is done. So what was the what was like the aftermath of it? I mean, kind of what I was saying, like basically that kind of like killed the label, you know what I mean? Because um, you know, so much that we were trying to do was basically kind of stopped by that. You know what I mean? Um, and so that kind of, that kind of killed it, man. So I kind of went back to just doing my independent thing. You know what I mean? What am I doing? Uh, shit. Did, did, did they pay for any of that stuff they did? Oh, hell no. Nah, hell no. Nah. You know how they do it. You know how they do it. They it's collateral damage to these motherfuckers. You know what I mean? So did anybody, did anybody cover it or you just had to take it as a loss? Nah, I took it as an L. That was a fat L. You know what I'm saying? We basically lost that space. You know, we lost the, our lease to the to the studio and the warehouse. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, everyone kind of kind of scattered after that. You know what I mean? Damn. So, yeah. like, would you, if you had, like, insurance, would insurance have covered that shit? Or <laughs> I'm man, not sure. I mean, I was just an artist at the time on the label. You know what I mean? So, I, I wasn't, you know, on the on the higher levels of of the organization. You know what oh, I mean? Man. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that shit crazy. Cause I used to work in uh, Irvine. Mm. I used to, have to drive up there all the time. Man, I used to right. pulled over over there, so I already know. Exactly off top, bro. That's that's part of the reason why I moved when I was eighteen to the Bay, just because I had been coming to the Bay a lot. My sister had lived up here. I had cousins in Oakland, and so I always felt safer in Oakland, you know what I mean? In the hood, West Oakland, Northeast, you know what I mean? Way more than I ever felt in Santa Ana or Orange County, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, man, especially with the police attention, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny because I guess, because a lot of people think, um, because like, you know, Disneyland up there, they probably think like, oh, it's cool, shit. It's right. Who's out there. Right. Nah, that's for real, man. Like, even, uh, yeah, even my mother lives in Huntington Beach, yo, and like, even with Huntington Beach, you've seen all this shit happen with, during the Trump times when they were having, like, basically Klan rallies and shit like that right there in Surf City. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers think it's all cool, but it ain't. You know what I'm saying? Skinheads, neo-Nazis, all them type of crackers, man. Deep out there, you know? Yeah, I think you, you say he's working with, um, so you was working with, like, the Black Panther Club, Cubs? Cubs, yeah, yeah. So I, I worked, and this is, this is one, you know, part of our, uh, one of our shirts that uh, from the organization. So, yeah, I've uh, been working with uh, Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. for, man, almost like, almost 20 years now, you know, and um, he he's the chair, international president and chairman of, of the Black Panther Party Cubs, which is like the, the organization that's really carrying the legacy of the Black Panther Party. And so we have a central committee here in Oakland, um, our headquarters in Chicago and chapters all over the world, you know what I mean? So we've been doing a lot of work, a lot of times supporting uh, political prisoners, supporting families of uh, victims of police terrorism um, and just all kinds of different works in the community, you know what I mean? So what's next with you with the music? The music, I'm uh, man, I'm really excited, man. I got I got two albums I'm doing right now. Uh, one is a solo joint um, on Chalice Row Records. So 1999 is the first single off that upcoming solo album. 
Um, I don't have a name for it yet, but it's damn near done. I've, I've, man, I've been on a roll, man, making a lot of music in the past couple months, more than I did for many years prior. Uh, so I got that solo record in the works, uh, some dope features on there. And then I got um, a collaboration album with uh, Timbo King from Royal Fam, uh, Wu-Tang, Killer B. And uh, we just record, we just finished the album last week. I went to Denver, Colorado. Uh, my boy, uh, Dawit Justice, who's part of my OG crew, he made all the beats and we just knocked out a, a project, man. So Frontline Generals, I don't know if you've seen that video, um, but that's the that's the first single off that project. So basically I got got two albums on the way, you know what I mean? And a bunch of more videos that we shooting and and uh and have shot and are editing and getting ready for the people. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you shit. I was like, man, how you end up working with um tragedy? Yeah, I watched the video. Okay, right on. Yeah, Trage Trage was on that album back then. Actually, that song that was playing in the background, the damage, that was my first collab with Trage, and that was back in 2006, 2007. Um, he'd actually hit me up on MySpace, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, didn't, I didn't believe it was, it, it was him. You know what I mean? I was like, yo, you know what I mean? It was crazy. So we was chopping it up, whatever. Um, you know, we, we did the collab. And then the next thing you know, he gets locked up in 2007 as we were getting ready to put the album out. And so I didn't hear from him for a while and then, you know, got his information while he was locked down. So you should shoot him kites, you know, um, do some calls, letters back and forth while he was locked down. And when he got out, uh, I believe it was 2010, 11, something like that, when he got out, is like he was really appreciative of the support that that we we had showed him. So he was just like, "Yo, let, let's rock!" And so we actually uh, made a bunch of songs. So um, the album, my last previous album that came out, was called Full Metal Jacket, and that was a collab album with me and Tragedy, uh, again produced by Dawa Justice. So this this new album with Timbo King is kind of like a part two of that, except for now it's Timbo um, instead of Trage. You know what I mean? But yeah, Trage is a legend, man. He's definitely. You know, I spent time with him out there in Queensbridge and New York, um, you know, from the days of Intelligent Hoodlum, Black, black and Proud and Arrested President, uh, all the way to the 90s with, the, you know, the Mob Deeps and, the, you know, um, all that all that Queensbridge shit, man. Like a lot of half of my crew is from New York City. So we always had a deep appreciation for kind of like that aspect of the culture, even though we're out here in Cali. You know what I mean? Then what do you want the people to know about you? Man um just we out here you know what i'm saying uh shout out to pope politic man giving us this platform just to, to spread the word um august 30th coming up is is this man's birthday chairman fred hampton and so we have an annual event out there in chicago on the west side where he him and defense captain mark clark were assassinated on december 4th 1969 um so that's 2337 west monroe for the um but we call it west chairman fred hampton way on the west side of chicago uh, we start with a uh, with a vigil there. Then we go to the wall, which is a big mural for the chairman. Then we take it to the Hampton House, where where he grew up, which is one of our bases of operations. So just want to let people know about that. August 30th, Chairman Fred's Streets Party in Chicago. You can make it there, make it. Uh, my next live performance is August 20th at the Oregon Reggae Fest. Um, and that's um, south of Oregon. I forgot the name of the city, but it's a bunch of good reggae artists. I do a lot of reggae music as well. Um, and so uh, definitely folks can come check that out, OregonReggaeFest.com, sponsored by LRG. It should be really fly. And, yeah, man, just stay tuned. We definitely got a, got a lot of shit we smacking y'all with, so, you know. I mean, like, I was actually like, I guess, like, for the younger people, uh, what was important about Fred Hampton? Like, why should they know about him? Man, Chairman Fred is one of our uh, – a revolutionary martyr, you know. This is a freedom fighter who literally gave his life for the people. 
you know, 21 year old, 21 years old and was assassinated by by the U.S. government uh, by, you know, uh, through COINTELPRO, the counterintelligence program of the FBI, in part with uh, the Chicago Police Department. And one of the most things, most important things about Chairman, he was the, the, the leader of the of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party. And though the Panther Party was founded here in Oakland, its largest chapter was in terms of membership was in Illinois under Chairman Fred's leadership. And even the Rainbow Coalition, this was another thing that he put together where he organized all the street tribes or what, what folks call gangs um, and unified them. And then he and then he appealed to the Young Lords, a Puerto Rican uh, organization, and unified with them. And even the white Appalachians um, called the Young Patriots, he unified them. So he was all about unity amongst oppressed people and, um, and revolution being the solution. So um, yeah, man, long live Chairman Fred. And I would tell folks to definitely go check out Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, starring starring Daniel Kaluuya as Chairman Fred Hampton. This is a beautiful film, man. We actually helped uh, helped consult on that film, and you know it's it's very historically accurate, um, despite the fact that it's a Hollywood production. We were able to to sneak a lot of truth in there. So if folks want to learn more about the chairman, definitely check out that movie. Mm. Was it what you think about that old, that old movie back in the day, Panther? Remember that movie? Yeah, hell yeah. Matter of fact, I went and rewatched it. I was like, yo, that shit's kind of dope. It's like, it's pretty on point, man. Like at the time, I remember when it came out and, you know, being here in the Bay, especially Oakland, a lot of my elders are, you know, mem- uh, vet- what we call veterans of the party. And so, you know, some of them had some issues with the movie, but I went back and watched it. It's on YouTube. I tell people, I use it when I teach, like I use clips from it because I think it was done really well, particularly the the, the, the guy that played uh, Minister Huey P. Newton, man, on point, you know what I mean? So, that's kind of a, a slept on classic. And it's one of those films that they make sure they don't show it. Like you'll never see Panther on BET, despite the fact that it's uh Mario Van Peoples. You'll never see it. Hey, that shit's that funny. You said that shit on YouTube, baby. You try to take it down. I mean, like, funny. Not at all. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, they never digitized it either. Like you yeah. can't get it on DVD. You know what I'm saying? Like, so anytime it's like that. Oh, so somebody made a copy of VHS and threw it on there. Exactly. That's the only way you can get it. I've seen it bootleg like that, but. But Panther, I suggest folks go check it out. I think it came out, what, 1996 or something like that? Yeah, I thought it was 1999. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> a little earlier, a little earlier. But yeah, man, check that out. Panther's a good one. Um, but definitely Judas and the Black Messiah, man. It's a, it's a modern classic, you know what I'm saying? Who, who, who is your hero? Man, I, I have a lot, man. Um, but honestly, my if I use the word hero, I would say the people, man, the masses. You know what I mean? Like, I'm most inspired by the masses of the people because to me, like, you know, heroic acts can happen all the time. You know what I mean? And we never know. Um, so even uh, young people, the young, as an educator, the young people I work with, you know, I try to champion them. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of leadership, you know, my leadership, again, Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. I also work with uh, Sizzla Kalunji uh, from Jamaica, a very, you know, inspirational reggae artist. So he has a, his, his crew is known as Judgment Yard. So I'm a part of the Judgment Yard family as well. And so, yeah, man, those, those, that's my leadership. That's who I kind of look to uh, for guidance in terms of uh, politics, spirituality, culture, all that expression. Like, definitely, definitely Sizzla, big up and uh, big up to Chairman Fred and, you know, all, all my loved ones, man. The same brothers that you saw in the 1999 video, I've known them cats since 1999 and previous. So that's who I was with back then. So, you know, um, I'm all about, you know, loyalty, man, and, um, you know, staying true to your people. So, um Definitely, man. And my biggest hero, to be honest, though, Ma Dukes. You know what I mean? Like, I owe 
a lot of who I am to my mother, man. Like a lot of my consciousness of wanting to 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 be a be a good a lot of my principles, my integrity, like that work ethic, all that comes from my dude. So truly, she if I would say any one individual, my my mom's my hero for sure. Man, what advice would you give to a new artist? Man, the new artist, I would say be true to yourself. Don't worry about what's gonna, you know, who's gonna like your shit or what this person may think of this or that. Be true to whatever you're hearing in your heart and in your mind in terms of the music, particularly your heart. Be true to that. Be original. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of that, a lot of times nowadays, cats feel like they gotta sound like somebody else, they gotta look like somebody else, they gotta appeal in a way that makes people think about other people. But to me, the dopest thing about hip hop was everyone was always, in, at least in the 80s and 90s coming up, everyone was always really original. And to me, that, that's the best part about hip hop is like, it's a culture where you can find your own true voice. And so I would tell folks to stay true to that, especially nowadays, you don't have to worry about signing to a record label or getting radio play. Like it's all independent, man. You upload your shit, put it online and see what it do, right? So if you're going to do that, there's no point in compromising your artistic uh integrity so just just keep it real to yourself you know mm. yeah. that's what i try to do and then what would you like to say to your fans and supporters man just big up big up i know i was kind of dormant for a while there right where i wasn't putting out that much music but a lot of cats was on my head just like yo when's the new shit when's the new shit and back in december i went to new york city uh to, to do some business and i you know cats was hitting me up at shows in the street like yo ross what up when's the new album i'm like man that's crazy i had going all the way to new york and having cats recognize me man so i'm just super humbled and appreciative that after you know 20 plus years in this music game that the cats still recognize you know recognize me man because i've always kept it humble i never really tried to put myself out there like some superstar and shit but like i just appreciate the fact that i do have so much consistent support when we drop shit the numbers are looking great and like yeah man so just Thank you, and just, yo, I got much more for y'all, much more for the supporters, for sure. And how long have you been growing your hair? <laughs> um, about 20 years, too. I think right around that time when I moved to the Bay is when I start, first started growing my locks. So, uh, yeah, about 20 years, you know what I'm saying? So what's the, what's the, what's the, what made you do that? What's the purpose behind it? My cats are going crazy right now, sorry. Uh, hey, chill out. They be fighting and chill. Okay, uh, with locks, so... Um, initially it was as through the Rastafarian tradition, you know what I mean? And um, it's really about kind of like separating yourself from like the, uh, the Western image of, of what, what beauty is or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like kind of a rejection of society. And back in the day, you didn't see a lot of like athletes or entertainers with, with, with dreads, right? It was really only for the most part, Rastafarians or people within the black liberation movement that actually held locks. But, now it's more common, which is cool. Um, but yeah, man, for me, it's all about. Ooh, I think he cut off. Welcome to Turn Rocks. Yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up. We're almost done anyway. So we'll wrap it up with the homie. Make sure you check the on. Oh, there you go. We came back on. Yo, yo, you hear me? Yeah, we back. 
Yeah, my fault, fam. I had someone calling on WhatsApp and I oh. tried to hit reject and it, I don't know what the hell. I would, say, I would say, damn, your cat did that too. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wouldn't be surprised these motherfuckers, but no, nah, no, nah, yeah, my bad. Um, sorry, what was the question? What were we talking about? Oh, shit, we was all, we was just wrapping it up. I was just going to say, uh, thanks for coming through politics with me. Yeah, no doubt, man. Appreciate you, bro. Real talk. No doubt. Um, what's your social media? So, social media? Social media <laughs> and everything. Yeah, I try to make it easy. You can find me at R-A-S-C-E-Y-L-O-N everywhere. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. YouTube, everywhere is just Ross Elon. And even on uh, all the streaming platforms, it's R-A-S-C-E-Y-L-O-N, man. Just, uh, you know, check me out. Definitely out there and got a lot more. A lot more stuff coming for y'all real real soon too.